and forth on this one a little bit. Um, I had intended to start it oh, a month or so ago, and then it just wasn't. Just didn't seem. This didn't seem to fit, you know. And I'd gone as I was going back and forth on this, uh, and was really almost leaning away from it. Um, if, you know, you have one of those moments sometimes, and this just seems how it kind of seems how it works a lot of times. God um, just does sometimes a little thing there, and that little thing uh, reminds me uh, and gives some direction. So on the Fourth of July, I was out in the morning, or early morning, on a bike ride, and uh, God showed me something I had seen before, uh, but this time he brought my attention to it. Uh, as, as I'm going on the bike ride, I, just, I didn't pay attention to it other times. And as I go on a bike ride, I just come up this, this uh, little hill as I'm riding along Bass Road, and I, I go by a driveway that is for a house that used to be there. The house is no longer there. It, w- it was knocked down. Um, and somebody built a Karen right in front of the beginning of that now fading driveway. This is, so I drove by, and this is what it is. And you can see that driveway is fading away. Um, you know, but there it was, you know, sitting right there. Um, a Karen, that's that pile of rocks you see there. That, that's often placed uh, as a landmark for hikers on unmarked trails, on trails that um, aren't always obvious, trails that don't um, always stand out. When we would go up to the Boundary Waters uh, in Quetico Provincial Park and we would take you know, those, those kids out on those trips, uh, we would look for Karens while we were traveling. Now, they give you a map, <laughs> and the map... The, you know, the, the map just shows all these lakes and then it has dotted lines where portages are supposed to be. And one of the very interesting things I always get a kick out of on that map is there's a little box that says, not to be used for navigational purposes. <laughs> what? Why did you sell me this map then? Uh, well, so we, we were, you know, we were... We were out one time in, in Quetico. That's it, the Canadian part there, uh, what we would call the Boundary Waters. And we were paddling along. We had gone through a couple of small lakes and some rivers and streams. And we were trying to get over to Sarah Lake. Sarah Lake is beautiful. It is uh, one of my favorite spots up there. You can see, you know, the water is, is clear um, and you can see down through there in these big boulders under the water and stuff. Uh, when, when we camped there, uh, we took a layover day one time, and in 48 hours, we only saw one other canoe go by way off in the distance went across. Other than that, you know, we didn't see any other, any other people. Just a beautiful spot. Well, we're trying to get over to Sarah Lake. I could not find the portage. You know, it was. I, I'm paddling back and forth, and it, it's supposed to be right here on this on this large puddle, you know. And I'm and I, I just I, I I couldn't quite find it. And then we looked, you know. And and as we're looking, we're paddling along that shoreline. There on the top of a rock was a Karen. You know, which showed I couldn't see I couldn't see the portage because. It was elevated just a little bit from the lake and where I was at. And there was that Karen that marked out 
that spot on, on the lake I needed. I didn't notice it at first. You know, when Ginny and I finally saw it, we said, you know, there it is. You know, how could you, how, you know, how could you, you know, how can you miss it? Well, it's easy to miss. You see, a lot of times it's easy to miss. And the Karens mark a path that are used less often. Used, you know, that are, they're not always obvious. They're not always well-worn. They're easy to pass by. Uh, Jesus Christ, you know, he asks us to follow him instead of the popular, instead of those well-worn paths of the world. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. There are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. It's not because he doesn't want them to find it, it's because they... They are consumed and focused on other things and not looking for what he has for us. As I was looking you know, at passages regarding, regarding prayer um, that are less traveled, I came up with a list of uh, 16 just from the New Testament that I thought, boy, these would be good to, to travel down together. Now, I'm not talking about when I'm talking about looking at some prayers in Scripture, I'm not like looking at the prayer of Moses or the prayer of Mary, not things like that. It's other, other ways in which, in which we get some insight and, and thoughts on prayer. Um, my, you know, my prayer is that these passages will help you pray more widely, pray more often. Um, their prayer is less traveled. Um, I'd love to have people pray these for me. You know, in fact, I was, I was going to title this series something along the lines of, In Your Prayers for Me. Uh, you know, as a follow-up to the series we did uh, a couple months ago, you know, In My Prayers for You. Uh, but that seemed rather selfish. Um, as we go through this, we're not going to cover all 16 passages. That's, that's not my plan. But we're going to spend time looking at the Karens of prayer uh, in the weeks ahead. Areas to call our attention to. Uh, prayers and thoughts on prayers that are less often traveled. Let's pray together now and then we'll begin to look into his word a little bit more. Father, thank you for the direction that you give us in your word. Thank you for those things that you open up to us. Thank you for those small things that draw our attention once again to you. We need that, Lord. Now, some of these passages, we've read them before and we've just kind of passed over them. Uh, open us up, slow us down, I, I guess, I don't know, whatever it needs to be to draw our attention to your word and your truth in a, in a way maybe that we didn't before, in a way that uh, doesn't overlook your word. Help us to see you and your heart for us and help us to see your call call on and direction for our lives that we might live more and more in harmony and step with you guide us as we think about prayer guide us in such a way that we might pray more and pray more in line with your word and your truth we pray in your name amen uh, we're going to be in, we're going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 6 through 13. The prayer kind of starts 
well, verse 9, you know, but even before that, it seems as though he, he's praying. I was looking at this passage a while, back, a while back, and I thought, this is a good passage to pray. You know, that was before, that was as I you know, began thinking about, about doing, uh, you know, this series. Paul wrote his first letter to the Thessalonians here. Uh, he wrote it to the, the church to kind of settle their thoughts. They were thinking that, that the Lord had returned uh, and well, some thought the Lord had returned and they missed it, but more prevalent, they were thinking that uh, the Lord's going to return, but what about, what about our family who have passed on? You know, did they miss it? Did they miss the Lord's return? You know, did they miss out on these things? And Paul wrote to address those concerns about their family members. Uh, you know, they wanted him to know they, they, they didn't miss out, wanted him to know what's really going on. And uh, uh, Paul wasn't able to travel to them, so he wrote them a letter sent the, and, and sent people back to check on them. Verse 6 there is where that starts. He says, but now Timothy, Timothy is one, he sent to check on the Thessalonians. Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love and reported that you always have good memories of us, wanting to see us, as we also want to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you through your faith. For now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. How can we thank God for you in return for all the joy we experienced before our God because of you, as we pray very earnestly, night and day, to see you face to face, and to complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may God our Father, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct you our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we also do for you. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Amen. You know, sometimes we can feel that we just don't know what to pray about for people, so we pray, well, Lord, just bless them. You know, well, that, that's good. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, blessing, the Lord blessing them would be a, a good thing, but I think uh, sometimes we really need to pray a little more specifically. We really need to pray a little more directly. Uh, as, as we're just praying for people, when I say in general, we pray about needs, but... You know, when we, when we, you ever pray through a list of things? Some, uh, some use the church directory to pray, and, you know, they, they use that as their prayer guide, and they'll pray for different people, uh, you know, each day or each week. Um, here, here's some things, you know, that, that we can pray. I just want to share with you some observations that I, I hope help you regarding prayer. Um, maybe some things to, about prayer that you never thought of before, or maybe it will prompt some other thoughts for you about a relationship with God, and that's okay too. You know, uh, Let's look at the verses. He says, Now Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love. Here's a thought for you. Pray when you get good news about someone. Pray when you get good news about them. When we get news that somebody we know is facing a struggle, have, you know, having a, whether it's a, a physical ailment or whether it's you know, a, a, something else going on in their life or 
uh, you know, car broke down, house burned down. Oh, there's a big one. Uh, you know, or whatever it might be. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll pray for we'll pray for those things. But what about when we hear about good things? Now, certainly, you should support them in prayer when you know when there's struggles. You know, you should. It, we're told to come alongside one another, help carry one another's burdens. You know, and we should do that. But what about when you hear good news for them? You know, do you pray when you get good news about people? Uh, two little caveats, uh, maybe three, that uh, as I was reading these verses, one is uh, watch the source of the information you get. Notice he said, Timothy has brought this news to me. Timothy was highly trusted by Paul. Uh, Timothy was, was uh, almost like a son to Paul. And so as Timothy was coming, someone he could trust, someone who he knew was giving him the straight story instead of, instead of you know something else we i'm on several different uh, uh, i don't know what you call them uh, things several different groups i'm in several different groups where you know they'll share information or we'll discuss some issues um and and one um you know one is a, a group of pastors they're not all a group of pastors but this one is and um Somebody said something on there uh, that, that they had, had heard something, and they said, I got this from a reliable source. And a couple of the other guys said, are you sure about this? And he said, well, well I don't know. You know, let me check. He says, let me check on that, and I'll get back to you. He said, you know, I, I consider it a reliable source, but let me check and get back to you. Well, then he checked, and he got back to us, and he said, Okay, you know, maybe this didn't happen. Let's just not pass this on, which is a good thing, you see. It's a good thing. Not to, you can't just pass on everything you hear. Now, you can certainly pray about it, but um, uh, just watch the source. You know, when, when you, you know, look at, you know, look at the source of, of information here. Don't listen to innuendo and gossip. And certainly don't pass those things on. Uh, the second thing is uh, share good news about others. Timothy came back and he came back with good news. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a neat thing. Share good news about others. Build up the reputation of those you know. Build up their reputation. You know, help others to see them in a better light. Be the bearer of good news. And he said, Timothy has come to us, brought us good news, good news about your faith and love. And he says, you always have good memories of us. That phrase really got me there. You always have good memories of us, you know, wanting to see us as we also have you. You know, you focus on those good traits of other Christians. Uh, the thing that, <laughs> the things that bug us are too obvious, say, too readily obvious to us. Begin to train your mind to focus on the good traits in others. Those things that bug us are there. What do you focus on? What, what dominates your thinking when, when you're interacting with people? Is your thinking dominated by the things that bug you or the good things about them? Train your, you know, train yourself to focus on the good traits in others. 
Some people you have to look real hard. But, you know, just train yourself. Begin to train yourself there. These verses are, are talking about relationships among those who know Christ. Relationships, you know, with, within those who, who know Christ. And, you know, what he's saying, telling us there, you, you know, is, you know, those good things there. You know, while you certainly can look for good traits of those who, who don't know Christ, you know, and while you're looking for the good traits of those who don't know Christ, remember this, always remember this, those good things are not going to save them. Okay? They still need to know that Jesus died for their sins. The good things they do are not going to save them. You need to remember that. It is not the good outweighs the bad. It is the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, for the sins of all people, and that they come to that relationship with him. And that's the important part. So while I'm telling you to look for the good in other people, even those who don't know Christ, don't ever think that that, that good is, is then what, what uh, makes that okay. It's not. It's not, you see... They need, to, they need to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They need to know him as their Lord. So, you know, look, you know, look for, those, for those good traits, but just remember, only Jesus, only Jesus can, you know, make the difference in their lives. Well, you know, Paul here, you know, he had a good relationship with them. Even though they had some distance between them, where Paul is writing this from, when Paul wrote them, they were about 350 miles apart. Uh, that's a long way when you have a car. It's even longer when... Paul's car was in a shop, you know. Um, they, uh, you, you know, when you got to walk all those ways, you know. It, so, you know, they, they still had. To, don't let distance cause you not to pray for people. You know, don't let distance cause you to, to be separated. It takes more intentionality to remember to pray for those who you don't spend regular time with. It takes more intentionality. Uh, this is one of the areas where you know social media sometimes can be a, a good thing. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot not to like about it, but um, you know, I do keep in in touch with some friends that we've known for years. Uh, in fact, we're Jenny and I are setting up a time to get together with uh, with very good friends of ours, and uh, you know, he was our um, associate pastor when uh, Jenny and I were at the CMA Church, and uh, then God led them to the Ivory Coast and they spent eh, 40 years or something in the Ivory Coast and we haven't been able to see them too much in between there. Um, but anyway, we're, we're going to get together now. They live down in Huntsville, Alabama. and so. But keep in touch. You know, keep, those of you who don't see very often, sometimes you can forget about. Don't forget about them. You know, they had this distance between them. Don't forget about them. And the passage said, and this is the one that I, I was thinking about, they have good memories, you know. We, you always have good memories of us. You know, those things you do today, those things that you are doing today are the memories that you're going to have for the future. I think we forget that sometimes. One of the things that has been on my mind, I don't want to be remembered as grumpy papa. That's not how I want my grandchildren to remember me. So what am I going to do about it today to make a difference?
those of you who still are raising your kids, how do you want them to remember home life? What do you want them to remember about growing up in your home? Those of you who, you know, maybe aren't married or don't have a family, when you spend time with people, and this is really applicable to all of you, when you spend time with people, what do you want them to remember? What do you want them to remember about you? About what kind of person you are? What do you want them to remember about the time that you spent together? You see, good times build good memories. Uh, you know, the memories you build with your children, make them good memories. You know, the, the memories you're building with your grandchildren, make them good memories. The time that you are spending with friends, Make those good memories. You know, build good memories. Build memories that draw them closer to Christ Jesus. Build memories that will draw them closer to our Lord. Those of you who have, you know, good memories, you know, those who you have good memories about, Thank God for them. Take a moment and, and pray and just thank God for them. Those who have loved you, thank God for them. You know, those who have helped your faith, thank God for them. This is how you can pray for one another. But now Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love and reported that you always have good memories of us, wanting to see us as we also want to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you through your faith. Now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. When I read verse 7, you know, I have to ask myself, um, am I living in such a way that others would be encouraged by my faith? He says, therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecutions, we were encouraged about you through your faith. Am I living my life? Am I living my life in such a way that others would be encouraged by my faith? Now, not that we live our faith to impress others, but we, we do live out our faith as a natural expression, a natural expression of our relationship with God. How you treat others you, as you're living out your life is a natural expression of your relationship with God. And you might say, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. You just don't want it to be. You just, you, 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 just, you just want to separate those things. You know, the fact, that others, the, the fact that others notice 
is a fact of living out your faith. It is a fact of living, it's a fact of how you live. The fact that others notice, it's just a fact of living. You notice how others live and others notice how you live. You know, so what is how I live saying about my faith? What is it saying about my faith? You know, it is saying something. You need to know that. It is saying something. How you live is saying something about your faith. It's either that I really believe in God and I have a true faith in God, or your faith is saying that I only have a religious faith for Sundays you know, and, and for places where other Christians gather, uh, you know, but it doesn't affect other things. W- the way you live it out, that is what it's showing. The difference is shown by, by the way faith does or doesn't guide your living. It's shown by how faith guides your living or else it's shown by how faith doesn't guide your living. If I'm a complainer about life, you know, and I I am revealing an immature self-centered faith that will not leave a favorable impression on others. If all I do is complain, you know, if 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 I'm this complainer, if you stand firm in the Lord, you're going to inspire others to stand firm as well. And this is what Paul is telling the Thessalonians. You know, I have and I will continue to be inspired by others' faith. You know, he says, you know, you know, how can we thank God for you in return for all the joy? You know, we live if you stand firm in the Lord. All of you have, who have watched you know, your spouses uh, suffer and pass on and you continue to walk in faith. You inspire me. You know, those of you who face uh, debilitating diseases and you continue to praise God, I'm encouraged by your faith. Uh, you know, those of you who continue to love and, play and, and pray for wayward children, you know, I applaud your faith. Uh, you know, those of you who continue your steady walk with God through the challenges of a work environment that pulls you to do otherwise, I thank God for you. I thank God for the way you stand firm. How can we thank God for you in return for all the joy we experience before our God because of you as we pray very earnestly night and day to see you face to face to complete what is lacking in your faith. I, I pray, you know, I thank God for you and pray that you will remain strong physically, emotionally, spiritually. That's part of how I, I you know, I also pray you won't grow weary in well-doing because it's easy to do. Pray and do what you can to strengthen one another's faith. Pray and do what you can to strengthen one another's faith. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about, you know, as their hero. You're not, I'm not talking about be their hero who saves the day, but be their ally who comes alongside of them to hold them up as they battle. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't be looking for words. Don't be looking to give them words from your fountain of knowledge that they're going to remember, you know, but be a friend who came to listen as they process what they're going through. As they process whatever they're in the midst of. 
Don't go, don't go to them looking to correct them so that they do as we think they should do. You know, but be someone who cares and wants to help them take the next step on their faith journey. Even though it might be different than yours. Don't come as somebody who thinks they understand and wants to analyze their feelings. But come as a sympathizer who wants to learn to understand them. Who wants to walk through them and love them through this. Strengthen them. Strengthen their faith. He says, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Look for and follow God's leading to encourage and support others. Look for his leading. Look for those signs, and they might just be a small thing, but look for signs on how you can encourage, how you can, how you can support. There's enough negative going on. Be someone who encourages. Paul wanted to see them because he cared about them. These people were important to him. You know, he wanted them to be successful in following God, and it, you know, which helped him you know, see the importance of following God himself, he says. God has placed some people on your heart to encourage. Do it. Do it. Encourage them. You know, God has brought some people to your mind. Pray for them. Pray for them. Send them a text to let them know you're praying for them. Now, you know, here's the deal. You don't need to know why. You don't, you don't need to know all of the details. Respect their privacy. You know, respect their privacy. Save them some embarrassment. Allow them the freedom of not having to tell the story over and over again. When they found those tumors, and you know, and we were going through figuring out what these tumors were and what was going on and the treatment and stuff, I got to the point it was hard for me to continue to talk about it. And they have to tell that story over and over again. Don't make them tell you all the details. Let them know you're praying for them. You know, ask them how you might pray better for them. You know, don't make them go through all of the details. You don't need to know all of the details to be able to pray for someone. You know, God brings us together to be a stronger witness for him you know, and of him to this world than we'd ever be alone. John 17, he says, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their message. You know that's us, right? Those who believe in me through their message. Here's where Jesus was praying for you. You know, when we went through the Lord's Prayer the other day, I told you that, you know, we, we could have, there's another passage I think of as the Lord's Prayer. This is it in John 17, I think of as the Lord's Prayer, because this is the Lord praying. And here it is. He's praying for you. This is what he is praying for you. Those who believe in me through their message, that's you. This is what Jesus prayed for you before you were even born. He said, may they all be one as you, Father, are in me. And I am in you. May they also be one in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me. May they be one as we are one. 
I am in them and you are in me. May they be made completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as and have loved them as you have loved me. What an incredible prayer. That you have loved them as you have loved me. Make them one, he says. Unify them. Now, unity, you, you know, unity is, is not uniformity. It's not that we're all the same. We're not supposed to be all the same. In fact, he's pretty clear about that. He says the one, the one who descended, he's talking about Jesus, was also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by the fullness of Christ. God brings us together to minister to one another so that the whole body might be able to grow together, so that the whole body might be brought to better unity. Unity of the diverse members. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some... That, that diversity, you know, and brings together that diversity of Christ's body, His church, and that will be a powerful message to the world of the graciousness of God. That's why Paul says, Now may God our Father Himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we also do for you. Uh, Verse 12, you know, is for those of us who like to help others by correcting them. I'm guilty of that sometimes. I have to watch that I don't fall back into that, that I, I, I'm careful about that. He says, and may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another. And for everyone, just as we do for you. The English Standard Version says, words this, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. The NIV says, May the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. The Amplified Bible says, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people. That word means, you know, that, that word means to superabound. To cause to increase, you know, to, to be at hand in abundance, to overflow. All of the translations use that word, overflow. Overflow, is something overflows when it can't contain all that is put into it. He says, may your love overflow. May it, may it be so, so much there that it cannot be contained but that it comes over and it goes on. It's a picture, that picture of giving you more than you could possibly contain. He says an overflowing love, an overflowing love, that word agape he uses there. That's that love that's focused on the good of the others without any regard for self, without any regard for return. It, you know, it, it's, not the, you know, it's not the warm, fuzzy feeling. It's a love that gives because the opportunity is there. And it's a love that gives and makes the opportunity of giving love. They give that love. It's actions for the benefit of the other. 
You know, a love, it's a love that has no excuse for not loving. It makes no excuse you know, on, on, on behalf of acting for another's good. It works and, and it goes. As you, you know, as you pray, increase and overflow with love for all. God has not given us, God has not given us an except for clause here. That you love all except for he has, he, he, there is no except for clause. He says, for, for one another and for everyone, for all. In case you didn't get it, he says, you know, for one another and for everyone. And in case you didn't, and, and for all. Stop making excuses. Stop, stop trying to justify yourself for not doing what God has clearly called us to do. Now, when he calls us to love one another, again, this is not those warm, fuzzy feelings. It's not even, it's not even a call to like everyone. This word is not talking about emotions here and your feelings. It's not talking about that. It is a call to increase and overflow with active love for one another, with active actions for their good, for their benefit. This is what he's calling us to. He says, and may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we also do for you. May He make your hearts blameless in holiness. Boy, there's a phrase for you to circle. May He make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of His saints. Now, we're only truly and completely found blameless in Jesus Christ. In our relationship with, with Jesus Christ, we are, only, we, are, we are only blameless in holiness as we are in Christ, in His righteousness for us, by, his, by giving His life for our sins on the cross. That is the only way we are found blameless. Uh, this prayer here is that people will grow toward the holiness that God calls us to. Now, it's throughout the Bible. You know, I have these, the references are listed in your, in your outline there. In Exodus 22, he says, You shall be holy people to me. Leviticus 11, For I am Yahweh your God, so you must consecrate yourself and be holy, because I am holy. Near the end of the book of Leviticus, You are to be holy to me, because I, Yahweh, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be mine. Numbers 15, this way you will remember and obey all my commands and be holy to your God. Ephesians chapter 1, for he chose us in him before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Hebrews chapter 12, make every effort, make every effort. If you think you're tired, make another effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. First Peter, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all of your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Revelation chapter 22, let the evil doers still do evil and the filthy still be filthy and the righteous still do right. Don't let them drag you away, he says. Don't let them, don't let them be the influence on you. He says, let the holy still be holy. I think you get the point. Pray for progress toward the holiness God calls us to.
Pray for progress in that holiness that He calls us to. For them, for yourselves. He already talked about being that example. He already talked about the the memories there. Pray for that progress. Pray for that progress of the holiness that God calls us to. And he ends it here, this section. It doesn't end the book, but right, he's ending his prayer here with amen. The word means truly. The word means so let it be. I hope you use this passage to motivate you to pray as well as to guide your own life and as well as to guide your prayers for others. But now Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and the love and reported that you always have good memories of us, wanting to see us as we also want to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you through your faith. For now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. How can we thank God for you? How can we thank God for you in return for all the joy we experience before our God because of you as we pray earnestly night and day to see you face to face and to complete what is lacking in your faith? Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we also do for you. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Amen. Let it be. Let it be in us and let it be so through us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what a great God you are, what a gracious God you are, what a patient God you are. You continue to work in us and you continue to work through us. We don't want to get in your way. We don't want to, we, we don't want to hinder your word. We don't want to hinder your work in others and we don't want to hinder that in ourselves. Thank you for those who have gone before us and lived in such a way that we could see their faith in you and we could be drawn to you. We need your help to live like that. We need your help to think of others and to pray for others. Our brothers and sisters that we see struggling are a little easier to pray for sometimes. Help us to pray for those that seem fine because we know they face battles too. Help us to pray for those who seem strong in the faith. Oh, because it has to come from you, Lord. And they will be attacked. Help us to pray for one another as we pray for ourselves. More in, I was going to say more intelligently, but more knowledgeably as we read your word and see your word. May it be more and more the prayers we pray for one another. Be glorified in and through this body as you continue to work to transform us more and more into the people you want us to be. Living holy lives in this world 
striving to be all you've called us to be. May your strength support us, your wisdom guide us, we ask in Christ's name. Amen.